This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Okay, like Sale mentioned, at this point, the point that we are recording the podcast, the team has not officially announced the deal, and the money remains up in the air. I can tell you, though, I've confirmed with the league source, that the reporting from Adam Schefter, those numbers are correct, and that yep. the deal is going to be signed sometime in the near future. That could be early in the week. That could be midweek. We don't really know yet. My guess, this is just strictly a guess, Probably happens before they're back on the field and we're there, which is on Tuesday, because I'm guessing that we're going to probably have a chance to talk to the guy on Tuesday, and he's going to be a really, really rich dude when we have the conversation. Really happy, yeah. So now we need to figure out where is the money and how is it spread out over the entire length of the contract, and also what impact this has on the salary cap now and how much flexibility this ultimately gives the Bills. Because that's another thing here. I see this. I'm jumping to conclusions here. But I'm just saying, I see this deal, and I immediately go, ooh, they must want to add somebody. Now, the name that everybody is going to jump to is a certain wide receiver who has played for Houston and Arizona. I don't think they opened up nearly enough space to go get that player. But they opened probably enough space to add another player or two. Those could be depth guys. Those could be rotational players, or you could go out and try and add, obviously we're not talking about the same position, but a player like Puna Ford or a player like Brandon Shell, like veterans who have starting experience who should contribute to this team that you don't currently have on your roster. So I really do think, even though we know Ed Oliver is sticking around, I feel like now we need to wait and see what the money looks like. So I want to go back to last December when the Bills restructured Tredavious White's contract. Yep. At the time, there was a lot of talk about Odell. Odell was still out there. Are the Bills going to sign Odell? And the Bills cleared about, they cleared some cap space, a few million dollars with mm-hmm. a Tredavious White restructure. Base salary turned into signing bonus. And it was made clear to me at the time, it's not because of Odell. Like, the reason they're doing this is they have to have operational costs going forward. They have to have enough money for guys who get injured and IR and replacing them on the roster. Mm -hmm. And then you never know. You got to sign a guy, bring him back to the roster, right? With Cole Beasley, John Brown at the end of the year, right? Guys like that. I want to be cautious with this, Matt, and say, I think this could also just be for operational costs. What we know is the bills have about going into this about $2 million, right? Give or take, they'd have about $2 million in cap space Mm -hmm. before we know about the Ed Oliver extension. Let's say they clear up even five or six. Okay, that's nice, but now they can go into the season with seven, $8 million in cap space, and that's your play money to say, if something happens, we have it available. We have this slush fund for injury replacement costs and things mm-hmm. like that. 
But you're right. There's got to be somebody else that's going to, there's going to be somebody that shakes loose from the post June one tree, a pass rusher, someone, and you can go, Oh, you know what? We can add that guy. So I agree with you that it is probably for that. And we shouldn't go down the DeAndre Hopkins road too far, but I also don't want to close the door on DeAndre Hopkins. You mm-hmm. never know. Maybe that is something the bills want to ultimately do. And I think we forget sometimes that people don't understand how all of a sudden he's making $11 million. He has an extension for all this money and it's lowering the cap. Well, here's the reason. So everybody understands. Mm-hmm. Ed Oliver had one year left on his deal. He was going to make $10.8 million on that deal. That's all he had left. So all of it's got to be paid this year by extending him for four years. Now he has five years left in his deal. The bills can take all of the money that he's going to make coming up and all the money this year, put it together essentially and spread it out in future years. They don't have mm-hmm. to pay him now. They can pay him a little bit later. They can structure it a certain way. So what they can do is lower that cap hit, give them more money later. It's reported $68 million, 45 guaranteed. That's the number that matters. The 45 guaranteed is the number that matters. Don't focus on the 17 a year, $68 million extension. Mm-hmm. Matt, to me, when I hear 45 guaranteed, it's 11 a year. That's what it is. You're getting, you're giving him 11 a year, and then maybe we'll see after that, depending on how he performs, how the rest of it shakes out. Yeah, and with the co- with the cap in the NFL, every year there is substantial growth in the cap. Yes. Now, you do not want to pigeonhole yourself where you are always trying to create space, but it's also kind of a smart gamble for a front office to say like, okay, we don't want to kick the can down too far where we hurt ourselves, but if we're going to kick it down the road a little bit, we know we will have more wiggle room moving forward. And the Bills can kind of operate that way now because they know really their main players, their major players are really all under contract. I think the biggest kind of question mark moving forward is Gabe. It's do you have Gabe or do you not have Gabe? Honestly, though, when I saw the tweet from Adam Schefter and I'm sitting there, I just saw it quickly. The first thing I thought was Gabe. Like you see like the Buffalo Bills have extended and I go Gabe Davis and then you read it and it's at Oliver. So I was a bit surprised that I met, like I mentioned earlier, that it ended up being Oliver. But given the reasons that we've said and what the money ultimately will probably end up looking like and that they didn't have another defensive tackle on their roster for next season, I think it can start to kind of make more and more sense why they ended up doing this. And can I also, you mentioned you don't want to close the door on DeAndre Hopkins. There has been another name rumored to the Bills that I would like to close the door on. I don't think the Bills need to have any interest in Delvin Cook whatsoever. I don't think that they're, I don't think that makes sense. I agree with that. The only only way would be if Delvin really, 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 really wants to like fulfill a bucket list and play with his brother and say, I'll go there for the veteran minimum. Okay, then you can. And then we'll see what happens. And if you don't make the team, you can be on the practice squad and be with your brother every day. Right. I mean, like that's what you could do. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think he's this player he used to be. I'm not interested in that. It's running back. Yeah, I I agree 100% about that. He's a good player, but with the way the bills are made up and having Josh Allen, you're adding Delvin Cook. Like any team that's adding Delvin Cook is adding him to give him the ball, at least in some capacity. So like the other team that I keep seeing thrown around is the Bills and the Dolphins. And if I'm a Bills fan, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you want to go at Delvin Cook? I'd rather you guys hand it off to Delvin Cook than be throwing it to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. That's right. That almost feels like subtraction by addition. And I don't mean to disrespect Delvin Cook or anything like that. It's just like when you have a team with an elite quarterback, you should want your quarterback touching the ball and throwing the ball as much as humanly possible. No, so if, if I'm the Bills, I'd, yeah, no thank you. Thanks, his but numbers no thanks. haven't been that great, to be honest with you. He had two big runs last year. One was against the Bills. Yeah, that kind of sparked the, the comeback. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, 
there's not, you're right. He, maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. It's nothing that I'd be too threatened by. Put him on the Dolphins. I think the Bills are just fine. You could defend Talvin Cook, like you said, a little bit uh, maybe more easily than you could defend Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Let's talk about Gabe, though. Does this contract extension, here's my question. Here's, here's what I've been thinking about. Did they make this deal to lower the cap number to allow them to be creative to extend Gabe Davis? Does the contract extension for Ed Oliver impact a possible contract extension for Gabe Davis, either positively or negatively? Meaning, does it make it easier to say, now we can do a little bit with Gabe, we can give him more money up front, we can make this work? Or do you think it makes it less likely they extend Gabe Davis because now they just gave this money to Ed Oliver for the next four years? That's a good question. I don't have a firm answer either way. I wish I did. I still think that there is a future for Gabe Davis on this team. It's a lot of money, though. And now you would be doling out a lot of money to a lot of different people. That being said, though, if you can make it work, like Gabe Davis is a player, I think that you want around a lot because of his potential and also because of his age. A little bit like Ed Oliver, but I think I might argue that take where they were drafted out of it. I think Gabe has been a more productive player than Ed has at their respective positions. And when you look at it that way, I go, okay, yeah, it makes no, it makes a ton of sense. But if you're the bills and you're like, we can't afford this, he's going to go get $15 million a year. Then I think we go into an off season like we did this past year where it's like, okay, drafts wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, the luxury of having Stefan Diggs, I think gives you a little bit more flexibility here because you're not necessarily looking for your number one wide receiver. You're looking for your, number two wide receiver. And I think you feel a little bit more comfortable about that. Honestly, the team that I look at, and it's not a perfect comparison because it's a little bit of a different position. I look at the chiefs, like the chiefs have had to let good players go at wide receiver. Like you had Juju who came in for a year. He has a pretty solid year and he let him walk. And same thing. You had Tyreek Hill and you were like, yeah, we're just not going to be able to afford this guy. We're going to trade him because their primary target in the passing game is Travis Kelsey. The Bills' primary target in the passing game is Stephon Diggs. And eventually, at some point, you're going to have to let good players walk. And it's honestly, it's what they did with Cole Beasley before they brought Cole Beasley back. They saw him start to slip, and they were like, listen, we like you, but we don't like you at that number. They let him walk, and it ultimately was a really smart move. That's not going to happen with Gabe because his best football is ahead of him. But I don't know. I don't have a firm answer either way that I feel more likely or less likely that he ends up getting a contract extension. Yeah, I think they really like him a lot. I think they'd love to have him in Buffalo. I know Gabe wants to stay in Buffalo. Um, but, man, I always I think about positional value. Do the Bills really want to go that high and be paying two wide receivers that money, especially after they already restructured Stephon Diggs and his cap number is pretty large over the last couple of years. There's really nothing you could do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Stephon's not getting any younger, right? And he's already over the age of 30, and you're thinking, okay, but – if you if you if Stefan is he's getting older, and then if you let Gabe walk, what do you have? What do you what do you what are you sitting here with? You got guys that are filling in, Sherfield, Hardy. These aren't guys that are taking over those roles. Um, so I I agree with your original statement that said I think there's a future for Gabe Davis and Buffalo. I think the money just has to match. What is Gabe looking for? Is he looking for 20 million a year? I think you're out on that. You get him for 12, 13 a year, maybe that's what you do, right? Something like that. I don't know. It's gonna be a tough one. I know Bills fans' reaction to Ed Oliver was not super positive when they when they signed him, right? You get it on social media. I do as mm-hmm. well. People really kind of skeptical of it at that number. If they did Gabe Davis tomorrow for 12-13, you'd get the same thing from Bills fans. But Brandon Bean has maintained, con- been consistent and said, look, 
We're trying to stay in this thing. We're trying to, you know, go at it every year. We want to keep this core together. We want to have these good players. There are certain players they love to have. I think Gabe is one of those players. So I'm really interested how this winds up for Gabe Davis as we go forward in the offseason. Do you think, let me ask you this, to follow up with the question that you asked me. Do you think, he? let's just kind of assume that there's not an extension that happens between now and the start of the season. Do you think that makes it more or less likely he comes? Well, obviously it makes it less likely, but do you think that that's a gamble the Bills should be willing to take? Like, do you think they should let him play this season out and see what he does? Because he could play himself into another couple million dollars if he has a strong season. I think if the Bills don't sign Gabe Davis to an extension before the season, that Gabe Davis will be on another team in 2024, no matter what. Wow, really? Yes, and what I shouldn't say no matter what. Unless they're really willing to eat a big number on a, on a um, franchise tag or transition tag because he just blows up, yeah. right? Like that would be the only way. I think once you get to the season, if Gabe Davis is an extended, I don't know if Gabe Davis is going to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to play. I think Gabe Davis then says, I'm playing here for my resume for 31 other teams. That's funny. Gabe is such a polarizing player. We've shared our opinions on him as the player, but I was actually literally just at a family friend's birthday party and we were all sitting in the backyard and we were having a conversation about the Bills and about football and about DeAndre Hopkins and all this stuff, things that people in Buffalo do. And Gabe Davis got brought up and the two people I were talking to were not like Gabe Davis people. They're like, you know, he's good, but he's not a true number two. Like, I, I don't agree with that. Like, I think Gabe Davis could be a legitimate. I heard the exact same thing from somebody today before a couple hours ago before you and I got on this. I just don't agree with that. And I think because so, my my counterpoint was look at all of Gabe's numbers from last year. They're all better than they were two years ago. And mm-hmm. just because your expectations grew doesn't mean that he was a worse player. It just means that he didn't necessarily meet the expectations that you had set for him. And their argument was, well, of course the numbers grew because he was getting more targets. He was getting more opportunities because he wasn't the number three. So it kind of goes both ways here. I I just think that legitimately, and I've said this before, like if he hits the open market, like I don't think it's out there to think a team would give him like $18 million a year or something crazy. Bill's fans is a really good year this year. I think that's not at all uh, unreasonable. I mean, what did he, I think he had like seven touchdowns last year. I think he had like 800 something yards last year, like for a wide receiver two, those numbers are impressive. Regardless of the team, those numbers are impressive. There are probably like three or four catches that you're like, yeah, he needs to make that. But he in big games steps up the Bengals game, take out of it. Cause nobody stepped up in that game, but the dolphins game in the wild card round, Strong game that day, obviously against Kansas City, obviously in the wild card game against the Patriots. Like, there you go. Shout out Lucas Buckley, producer, just sent us this message 836 yards, seven touchdowns. I said seven and 800, so I was only off by 36 yards. That makes me feel pretty good about this. I think he's a really productive player, and his potential is not through the roof, but he has wide receiver 1B potential for sure. And I just always look at the fact that how they like what they believe in him, how hard he works the fact that he's available. Um, Sean McDermott just talks so, so glowingly of him. And I know he does of most of his players, all his players, but it's, I, when you listen different. to him talk about, it's different. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? Isn't it? Doesn't it's it different. feel different when he talks about him? So especially about, Brandon, especially yes. Brandon, the way Brandon talks about Gabe yes. is like at a really, really high standard. All right. Well, let's, um, 
let's talk about a couple moves the Bills did make to kind of clean up this portion of the Bills, and then we'll get to a couple other things. But they did make a couple of roster moves this weekend as well.